0: Hey just a little content warning before we uh, get started here. wanted to let you know that uh, this episode contains the uh, discussion of um, imagery that you know evokes suicide. Just wanted to bring that to your attention before we got started. Hello and welcome to the 41st episode of Mega 10 Marathon. It's a game-by-game game journey through the uh, Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games. And I'm Paul M. Davis, who am I here with? Hi, I'm Alex Dorada-Wolf.
1: And I'm Elisa James.
0: And we are back! <laughs> it's been a long time, but uh, yeah, we are uh, finally back after a few months. And we are about to start uh, doing game that we're very excited to cover, which is uh, Persona 3. Um, You might be wondering uh, what happened to the second episode of Digital Devil Saga, which um, we will probably release just as, like, you know, kind of the conclusion of that game as a separate minisode. Uh, Honestly, there's not a whole lot left (laughs) in the game for us to cover. Um, And so... Yeah, we'll probably just uh, do a short little mini-sode at some point and uh, put that in the feed. But we wanted to move on and uh, get going with Persona 3 because this is some pretty exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to covering it. So shall we start uh, talking about Persona 3?
2: All right. Sounds good. Um, now, I'm going to just go into uh, the plot right off the uh, the start here because um, the mechanics will just come in rather naturally as they're introduced to the protagonist in the game. It'll be cool. Um, just a quick little note, uh, there are a few different versions of this game. Uh, it was released uh, originally just as plain old Persona 3 in 2006. Um, then a little later, a kind of director's cut edition, Persona 3 FES, came out. Those were both on the PlayStation 2. Then a little while later, um, a PlayStation uh, Portable or PSP version called Persona 3 Portable came out, um, which had a lot of quality of life improvements for the game, um, made it a lot easier to play. But also cut back on some of the more cinematic um, stylings of uh, the original PS2 game. Um, So, uh, yeah. So in replaced with kind of a more flat visual novel style. And it would be wrong to say nothing was lost there because it, it is a pretty different experience. As for which one you should play, uh, if you have patience, I would say play FES. If you don't have a lot of patience, just play portable. It's it's very hard to recommend FES um, to someone who doesn't have a lot of commitment these days. But if you do have that commitment, it's good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, just keep in mind two major differences that FES. Um, You cannot control your party members. You can only control the MC. (laughs) They work mm. by AI, and that can be very frustrating at times. It's a completely different experience because uh, you kind of have to often fend for yourself, so to speak. Yeah, uh, vers- mm. yeah versus portable <laughs> in which you're able to, like in you know, Persona 4 and portable, um, you can actually control your whole party. So those are huge balancing differences and gameplay differences. So once again, yeah. you know, FPS is very good, but you have to be aware of that too, that, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, that stated, uh, I will now begin to describe the plot of the video game. All right, um, so we start off with a very, very cool um, uh, kind of anime cutscene scene thing, uh, which is uh, a bunch of intercut shots of... Um, kind of city street scenes, Um, the main character, a cool, rather emo-looking young man uh, wearing large headphones, um, uh, getting onto a train, and then um, a young woman who appears to be uh, struggling with a gun to shoot herself. Uh, It's pretty disturbing, and it starts off uh, right out the gates with uh, some rather intense imagery, although, as we'll later learn, um, I don't actually know what that scene is supposed to depict. (laughs) um <laughs> but but you know it, it's style it's very cool and i think it's very in keeping with um the feel of the game um and there's a cool you know song playing with it, it, it it's very nice uh, sets the mood really well and then um that kind of fades out as um a train arrives into a station and the main character gets off just as the clock is uh striking midnight and things start to go a little funny. The sky turns a really weird shade of green and, uh, the street is full of these strange upright coffins. They're like pools of blood around. Main guy seems really not too concerned about that. And he, uh, follows some directions to a building where he's greeted by a small child sta- sitting at the reception desk, um, wearing like kind of striped pajamas. Um, the boy then in the, uh, in what would become a, uh, repeated motif of uh, the persona games, uh, hands him a contract and asks him to sign it <laughs> yeah. uh, noting that uh, all it says is that you take full responsibility for your actions no one can escape time it delivers us all to the same end you can't plug your ears and cover your eyes which i think um you know is kind of a vague cryptic introduction to some of the themes that we're dealing with here um in the game and then uh, you, you sign it you enter in your name um as you do and the boy uh, does a little hand wave thing and Mysteriously disappears. Um, Then the girl with the gun from earlier, uh, still freaked out about something or other, uh, steps out from the the hallway with like the gun attached to a leg holster, and it's like, "Who are you?" Um, (laughs) Seems very. She seems like she's going to shoot you, Um, but luckily she is stopped by a very cool girl uh, with red hair. And that's uh, Mitsuru Kirijo, who is the student body president, heiress to a mysterious and powerful corporation known as the Kirijo Group and a total badass. Um, She's very cool. I like her a lot. Uh, So then the lights switch on. uh, She introduces herself and uh, the pink-shirted girl as uh, Yukari Takaba and explains that the protagonist is a transfer student who has been assigned to this dormitory at the last minute. Um, Don't worry, it's a Mm -hmm. girl's dormitory, even though it's not... um, I they make a weird point about it being a girl's dormitory when there are guys living there. I, <laughs> You could have just skip that point really. Uh, um, and, and light switch on, everything's totally normal. Uh, Yukari shows you to uh, your room and it's just like, Hey, yeah, don't, don't worry about the weird things. Bye. <laughs> um, and the next day, um, you uh, head off to school with her. Uh, this game takes uh-huh. place on kind of a cool metropolitan island um, called Port Island, um, which is cool. And also, it, I think it's worth noting, actually, that the game does take place in the near future from when it was made. Um, you, you do lose track of that, I think, when you're playing it, you know, 15 years later. But the game, you know, came out in 2006 and is set in, I think, 2009. Um, so... That gives them a little bit of leeway for some kind of futuristic trappings, which um, don't actually hold any major plot implications. But there there is a certain slight futuristic vibe to the game, certainly. Um, So at the school, we um, are introduced in um, what has become kind of standard for the uh, Persona games, uh, starting with this one, uh, to the cast of characters of other students uh, at your school, um, many of whom will become social links later on down the road. Um yeah, and it, it you just meet them kind of get a, a feel for the school. It's not super plot relevant, largely what happens there It's just getting kind of comfortable in the setting, which is a, a big part of the game. Uh, we do get a little hint um from when we uh, meet the teacher that the protagonist's parents are like dead or something, and it was sad. Um, so that answers uh, those of you who are wondering what about his parents um. but as the the later persona games have proven it doesn't matter they're either they're they're not here they don't want to deal with them they're dead who cares (laughs) yep um so uh yeah over the next few days uh we settle in um we meet some more characters um another person who lives in uh, the dormitory is uh Akihiko, who is a senior, like uh, Matsuru, also lives in the dorm. He's also pretty cool, uh, very stoic and, uh, you know, serious and cool and kind of, like, punch and stuff. Um, he's fun. Um, and, oh, yes, and uh, in class we also meet Junpei, uh, who is kind of an idiot. Um, like, he, he he's known Yukari for, like, ever. Um, he's, he, yeah, he's... Yeah, he, he's, I, I like him more than that character in the other games, though, I will say. I think he's, uh, at least in the male character playthrough, in the female one, he's a little bit pervier, and I don't like that. Um, <laughs> in, in the male character playthrough, he's fun. Yeah, it, 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 it's a strikingly, le- that's one of the interesting things. Um, I don't know if we mentioned that in the uh, Persona 3 portable, you can play as a, a female main character, um, which doesn't change the main plot, um, but does change a lot of the intricacies of your relationships with other characters, which is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So then uh, we also learn, um, just through the course of going through our days here about the mysterious apathy syndrome, which is like a thing where people get all unresponsive and withdrawn, basically catatonic, um, in the clinical sense, but it's, it's left fairly vague. Um, You know, it symbolizes disconnect in the modern world, um, which is certainly, I think, a theme of the game. Um, People living in close quarters in cities, but leading very disconnected lives. And that's certainly something about the game that resonates very much with me as someone who's lived largely by himself in cities for a lot of uh, my life. Game feels very true to that. No, no, I, I I get that. If I lived in New York, I, I like the time I've spent in New York. New York is nothing like that. New York is like a city. <laughs> I, I love New York.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on. Um so um later one night, uh when we're a character sleeping, we get um rather disturbing little cutscene of a man hanging out late at night. Uh, it's in one of the animated scenes when a clock strikes 12 and everything goes weird and everyone turns into a coffin and then he freaks out and his face melts. It's pretty creepy. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we see that uh, back at the dorm, um, uh, it's Kuk-Ski, uh who is, Oh, I forgot to mention him. Sorry. He is the faculty guy who lives at the dorm at this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yep. Uh, he lives there. He's he seems harmless and funny. Um, but he Mitsuru and Yukari are in the supercomputer room at the um, at the dorm, uh, monitoring the protagonist as he sleeps. Um, it's it's Kutsuki uh yeah. Kutsuki Kutsuki. There we go. Uh, <laughs> explains that there is a secret dark hour between midnight and one in the morning. Um where people turn into coffins and remain oblivious to anything that happens. So it's like, uh, there's a secret hour between, um, a, a secret 13th hour between midnight and one. Uh, we'd see that again in the Final Fantasy 13 too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, it's great. And they don't over explain it. It's like, okay, there's an hour. No one else, everyone turns into a coffin during it. That's why no one knows about it, but some people don't. Okay. Why do they turn into coffins? Never find out. You're never going to find that out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks awesome. It's great. Um, so, while the uh, protagonist is sleeping here, he has uh, his first dream of the Velvet Room where he meets Igor and Elizabeth. Um, if you're not familiar with these characters, uh, Igor is a man with a long nose um, in a blue, purpley room um, who deals with persona magic. Um, he says some cryptic stuff, but we don't, not much yet. Um, moving onward, um, the next night uh, is a full moon, which will turn out to be important. And uh, Akihiko is chased back to the dorm by some kind of big monster, which is a, which is bad, um, to, that there's a monster attacking the dorm. Uh, Yukari wakes up the main character and is like, we need to get out of here. But oh no, there are monsters uh, at all the doors and windows, so we we can't get out. I guess we have to go up to the roof. Uh, But, oh, no, the big monster with many legs now has climbed onto the roof. It's like a black monster with a mask and many uh, long, creepy legs. Uh, The look that would later become um, kind of standard for the shadows in the uh, Persona games. But at this point was uh, very new and interesting and different. Uh, It's lost some of its impact now that we've been fighting these guys for hundreds of hours. Um. But it was very cool at the time. Um, Yukari explains that they're called shadows, and then she apparently tries to shoot herself in the head with the gun she's carrying, but then the monster knocks the gun away, and the protagonist hears the voice of the young stripy boy saying "Like something like, go ahead, take it, or use it. And he takes the gun, luckily deciding to shoot himself with it instead of the monster. Um, and he also kind of s- says persona as he shoots himself, which um, I, I, they're trying to be cool there, and I, I, there is an argument for why he would do that. I think that you could make once you know the whole story, but it, it's still a little much. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's very—it's it, 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 for the aesthetic. It's like it, it's a very cool little scene with some rock and music, and he shoots himself um, in yeah. the head, and then that summons uh, a persona his starter persona is Orpheus, uh, the musician of Greek mythology. But then something weird happens. Uh, and after Orpheus does his like, I am Orpheus master of the strings, thou art I or whatever. Um, like some kind of crazy super persona, like rips itself out of Orpheus's mouth and kills the big shadow. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's very cool. Um, Great little scene. Um, and then in a cool kind of subtle staticky effect, it transforms back into Orpheus and you get your tutorial battle with some mini little shadows. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe put a warning at the beginning of the episode too for, you know. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Ugh, I don't want to read those.
1: Like, <laughs> I think pieces
2: from 2006 about controversial imagery and video. Like,
1: oh God. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah yeah definitely i think i played the game for the first time in my 20s um quite a few years after it came out um i was definitely in the oh that's really cool uh camp um and you know as as an older person looking at it now it does it it, i don't know if it seems um i'm not going to say it seems irresponsible because i do think thematically the game not not plot like i don't think the story of the game really earns it but i think thematically the game does Um, like, because the game really does deal—I mean, in both literally and figuratively—a lot with um, young people coming to terms with the relation, the relationship with death. And I think having that be so strongly featured as a centerpiece in the um, the combat system of the game was a very bold choice that I think does work uh, to further the game's artistic ambitions. That's just my feeling on it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> also on the side note, um, this this sounds really shallow, but this is like this is my first uh um game in the franchise at all, like completely. It's what got me into um Shimagawi Tensei as a whole. And the sole reason that I picked this game up in college was because I I saw like the reviews and stuff for it. And I was like, I saw that, you know, these characters shoot themselves in the head to summon really cool demons. And then it like spoke to my college edginess. And I was like, well, I'm getting this game. <laughs> so yeah. it, it does that too, you know?
0: <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was a big part of his appeal, you know, for peop for, for a lot of people. Yeah uh, at the time.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it was like, oh man, this is a Final Fantasy night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: definitely. Um okay. Um so anyway, back to the story. Um so after uh that uh very exciting uh, turn of events, uh, the uh, protagonist passes out for like two weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and is then fine. I uh, Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like anything that's going to keep you in the hospital for two weeks is a fairly serious, but something I've realized in replaying this game, people end up in the hospital so much in this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Yeah, just so much. <laughs> but anyway, um, so you wake up in the hospital. Um, Yukari gives you a little rundown of uh, shadows and personas. She also um, lets you in on uh, a little bit of her backstory because she feels bad about keeping all this stuff from you. Um, and this will come up later. Uh, basically, story is that her dad worked for the Kirijo Group, uh, the group which Mitsuru's family owns. They're big shadow corporation. Uh, sorry, they are big shadow corporation. Um, with all sorts of mysterious nefarious dealings and whatnot um he died her dad died in a mysterious explosion 10 years ago and now she's going to school here to figure out what happened to him and also is fighting monsters on the side um so that's her motivation um so later on um you meet up with uh the people who know about the shadows in the dorm common room, it explains that um, their secret world saving team is called seas. Um, I could tell you what that stands for, but I'm not going to because it's cooler. If I don't tell you, cause it's dumb. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> like, like think to Monica finding out what that stands for. So it's like, <laughs> <don't> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Just, yeah, make up your own acronym. It'll be that. <laughs> um, and it functions kind of like a school club um, with Akutsuki as the faculty advisor. And like all school clubs, they all live together in a gigantic dormitory
0: um, and <laughs> with their teacher. Um, you could make a um, pretty cheesy uh, comedy out of this, too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so the main character joins uh, the... Shadow fighting team. Um, and uh, you get your fool social link established. And that's uh, your plot social link that will progress just as you go through the game doing stuff. Um, and then the next night, Junpei. You remember him? He's the fun, dumb guy from school earlier. Uh, he joined too. Because uh, Akihiko found him a few days ago freaking out during the dark hour. And I guess he has a persona too. Um, here he is. He's on the team now. <laughs> Um, it is then determined that now that the team has this many people, they can start exploring Tartarus. What's Tartarus, you ask? Well, every night during the dark hour, when most of the world stays kind of the same, but a little weirder and people turn into coffins, the school turns into a giant, like, million-foot-high tower uh, into the (laughs) sky that is full of monsters and randomly rearranges itself every night. Most of the game will be um, slowly working your way to the top of the tower. Um, I just like to take a little break here to mention that Tartarus is my favorite metaphor in this game because it is the perfect embodiment of the experience of high school. You are climbing (laughs) pointless, endless tower every day. It feels like forever. There are arbitrary points where you have to stop and kind of wait for time to catch up. You can't just press through it all at once. You just got to plug at it every day, always climbing, climbing towards what you don't know, some kind of goal. It's, perfect that that the high school is a giant endless tower full of monsters is so on the nose in a such a smart way i love it it um, is
0: <laughs> and it's really cool and it's also you know like mythologically it's just such a great reference you know because it comes from uh greek uh greek mythology you know and it's like basically this um you know deep endless uh d- abyss it's like a dungeon of torment and suffering, for, uh, <laughs> um, and it's just one of the cooler, like uh, mythological uh in the in the series. I think, yeah. um,
2: right? Um, and since this is so, kind of going to, yeah.
0: What were you gonna say? Um,
2: I just lost my train of thought.
0: Oh okay. Yeah, just gone. Do you want me oh, to? to... Do you want to uh, Uh, go into um, just the kind of mechanics?
2: Yeah, we can go into the mechanics now, um, since we spend most of our game, really, doing Tartarus. Um, Let's take a little pause here to talk about the mechanics of the game and Tartarus and fighting and stuff. Paul, take it away.
0: Yeah, so when you uh, basically uh, Tartarus, um, you can... uh, Enter. You can enter it. It's uh, basically you go through separate, like it's divided into multiple blocks, um, and you can only get through. I think roughly. Well, I guess it changes, but you get through a set number of floors every time you enter Tartarus. Um, somewhat similar to uh, mementos in uh, Persona Five, um, and basically. The way this plays out in gameplay is that you are going through, uh, you're basically dungeon crawling uh, through uh, randomly generated dungeons. And um, they're uh, very, very kind of samey looking. Um, Yeah, I would say that the Tartarus sections of the game are not particularly visually um uh impressive or, or you know really will blow you away. um but yeah, it's a lot a lot of it just kind of in practice is uh, you and your party running around uh, looking for different uh, different um uh, uh, you know looking for uh, different treasure tests, uh fighting enemies and uh, you know trying to get to the next floor. At the top of each uh block, like say the first block is uh floors two through sixteen. Uh you come across a uh kind of a boss or a mini boss that you have to beat, and then you're uh sent out of Tartarus um uh and can't continue until uh the next kind of plot specific um event demands that you go in. Um you know, uh let's see. As far as, like, kind of navigating uh, the uh, floors, you are um, able to kind of give your team different commands, so you can either just kind of, like, have them run around like a traditional JRPG and follow you around, but you can also command them to, uh, you know, maybe, like, split up and go fight, uh, fight uh, Shadows separately which uh, is not a great idea. If your characters are under leveled, Um, if they are level or if they are pretty well leveled, then um, it can be a good way to continue, you know, kind of like grind even higher. But um, yeah, if you have your characters just kind of running around fighting AI battles and they're under leveled, um, a lot of times you're going to find yourself having to go and uh, rescue them. And uh Entering into like battles that you know they have almost all their HP gone. Um, yeah, so yeah, and they can also go and look for treasure uh, separately. Look for uh, the um, look for uh, the escape to the next uh, floor separately. Um, usually, unless I was having a hard time finding the next uh, the stairs to the next floor. I would just keep my whole party together because it just gives you a huge advantage um in the actual uh battles which uh you know as uh, once you go into the battles are not too unlike what you see in other persona games um like we said earlier um prior to uh Persona 3 Portable uh you couldn't control your party members you only had to do uh tactics Uh, give them tactics that they would follow, and sometimes they wouldn't follow them uh, particularly uh, well. Um, But, uh, yeah, you uh, fight, you know, um, you basically go into your standard turn-in-based battles. Um, If you get, like, a good, uh, you know, like, land a really good attack, you can do, uh, like, a team-up attack with uh, the rest of your party, which is... Something that also became, you know, kind of a Persona standard, um, and you know, as far as like all, the rest of the battle mechanics are all pretty, pretty standard uh, to anybody familiar with Persona games or SMT games. Um, is there anything that I'm missing here?
2: Um, well, there's uh, the only um, thing that I think is worth bringing up here is uh, kind of the the long term like thing with uh, tartarus about how your team gets tired and mm. you can only go so far and you have to kind of manage that um
1: yeah yeah basically if uh they get tired uh or i believe sick as well was another one i know it has a negative effect on like their um their stats and also if they're sick or tired if you return to the first floor of tartarus who, whichever characters have that status, will bow out. I believe tired only takes about a one night of rest to recover from, and then your character, and that character's raring to go again. But if your character gets sick, which happens if you push a tired character too far, then it takes them several days to recover from that. So that's a very important thing to manage because you really have to pay attention to your party members. Um, uh, you know, well-being. Because if you don't, then not only will you suffer during battle, but now that character's going to be out of battle for a few days. And in the beginning of the game, this basically means that your uh, uh, exploration of Tartarus is halted because, you know, you don't have a full party.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so that's that's another important aspect.
2: Yeah, basically you just um you, you have a push and pull between, like, you want to get as much of Tartarus done in as few nights as possible because um basically that's time you could be using to do social links or raise your various stats which will in turn unlock other social links in a you know the usual persona way. Exactly. Um,
0: exactly. Yeah, you kind of just want to get that block out of the way as quickly as possible, but you know, it's not necessarily um viable to do it all in one night.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think compared to um, Personas 4 and 5, this is probably the strictest um, limitations on that. Like, it, it, it'll it take you... It, it's harder to, you know, get it all done in one go while in, like, you know, 5, you could basically just one-shot it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And five's kind of designed for you to do that, whereas, yeah. you know, Tartarus is designed a lot more for you to kind of dip in and out, you know, and uh, just, you know, take it sort of like piecemeal so it gives you in that way it gives you almost a little more freedom but like as far as like you know the meta of the game you really kind of want to finish the block of terrorists that you're working on as quickly as possible so you can you know focus on other elements of the gameplay like the social links
2: yeah absolutely um and then yeah and then in persona portable they introduced um a couple of like new little fiddly things to do as you're wandering around Tartarus. But I, it, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> <laughs> they're like, Oh, there's a treasure chest here. Sometimes big whoop. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, the little things that are fun, little distractions, but not worth talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And there's the, uh, let's see. There's also, um uh, one other thing to, uh, Kind of that is kind of a uh, driver or something to drive you to not only not spend too, too much time in Tartarus, but also get through there as efficiently as possible. Is <clears throat> is that uh, there's this uh, character or the shadow called the Reaper
2: oh, that right.
0: yeah. uh, will appear and uh, it will chase you through the floors and. If it catches you, um, you're in for a rough battle.
1: Oh my god, yeah. That's, that's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's almost
0: kind of like Nemesis in, in Resident Evil 3 or something, but it's like... <laughs> yeah. It's even... Yeah, you know, less predictable than that. But
1: Yeah, um, and just that chain rattling is so mm. creepy. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah.
2: Anything else? I think that's probably about it with Tartarus.
0: Yeah. Let's see. Should we... Uh, yeah, we can. you want to move on, on with the story?
2: Yeah. Wait, was I going to keep reading here? Or are we going to switch this off to someone else? Uh,
0: do you want to just finish the next... Uh, I mean, next, because... Because uh, basically two... what happens...
2: The next... I, like, I can keep going up to um, wherever. I just want to...
0: Yeah, why don't you just go uh, do uh, the full through the full moon night and then I could do like five, 10.
1: Oh, okay. And then, then, six, I'll switch over, and then I guess I'll switch over to uh, the
0: social links from there. Does, does that sound good?
1: Yeah, it's good. All
2: right. Um, cool. All right. <clears throat> so then, um, after you're introduced to the main thing you're going to be doing for the next hundred hours. Or so, um, <laughs> you get to do some normal school stuff and, uh, this is where we kind of get into the, you know, the standard, uh, persona mechanics of living your life and make some friends you hang out with them you study you raise your stats you use your stats to make them more friends you you know buy some stuff you know you, you be a fun cool kid um and uh yeah you get the vibe there um then uh, as things are going on um about a week before the, before the next full moon uh the stripy boy appears in your bedroom late at night and is like <laughs> so there's a full moon coming huh <laughs> yeah, better get ready for that full moon oh, and then you're like okay and then he disappears um, <laughs> then,
0: i'm just then thinking I'm, of stripy boys like it's an internet internet meme
2: <laughs> <laughs> he has that kind of feeling you know yeah <laughs> um so uh, on the next full moonlight uh Mitsuru and Akihiko are hanging out in this this, this uh, Mitsuru and Akihiko are hanging out in the supercomputer room. She's like using the equipment there to scan for shadows and then suddenly it's like, whoa there's a massive shadow. Um, well, uh, since uh, Mitsuru has to use the equipment and Akihiko is still hurt, I guess, um, you, protagonist, you should lead the team to go fight it. Um, it looks like the monster's on a train. So they they go down to the train station and Run down the tracks, fight some shadows, get on the train. And what's that? The train's moving now. Oh no, the train, it's going to hit things and that will be bad. Um, So we got to get to the front of the train to stop the train. Um, So you, you run to the front of the train and, Oh, it's a big shadow. Um, It's a a big boss and you fight the big boss and it's like, Oh no, are we going to be able to stop the train? Quick, let's pull the lever. Oh, we stopped the train. Um, It's it's an action set piece where you stop a, a train. I, yeah, I, <laughs> pretty much.
0: <laughs> um, I
2: I can you fail this one? I I, I don't remember.
0: Like, can, I think can, I, I think I failed it the first time I did. Yeah, I think you actually can. I, I
2: I feel like I, I this my memory is maybe failing me here. So don't quote me on this. But I feel like you can. Like if you take too long, which I don't know. Yeah, how how that would be? But if you do, the train will crash and then you get a game over, a non-standard game over which is exactly the same as a standard game over in this case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's from a train wreck. That's the difference. Um, all right. Um, and so that's uh yeah. game up to the first full moon, or the second full moon, because the first full moon was actually on the night your persona woke up.
0: Hey, this is Paul. This app was uh, actually recorded a couple weeks before the uh, COVID-19 virus really hit the states. And uh, the day later we recorded it, uh, my power was shut off to my apartment and my cell phone was shut off. Unfortunately, uh, since the dis- disconnections were prior to local ordinances pulling a halt on utility shutoffs, I'm not eligible for any kind of waiver. So to record future apps, I need to basically get my $430 power bill paid to get it turned back on and uh, since I've been under, under, underemployed for the past eight months, it's not a possibility. Uh, given the dire economic situation out there, my two very part-time freelance gigs have kind of fallen through. So I applied for uh, five grocery store positions uh, last week and uh, didn't get an interview for any, any except one, a uh, position that I wasn't hired for. Job listings for my skill set, writing, editing, and uh, tech marketing copy have basically all the disappeared in the past two weeks. So I'm asking all of you, uh, if you're so kind and not also living so precariously that you don't know where your next rent is coming from, to uh, please contribute to my emergency GoFundMe uh, to at least help me get back on my feet. So I can record more apps, buy food for myself and my kitties, and be able to get my AC turned back on as uh, we enter a week of high 80s temperatures here in Austin. I totally know that everyone's struggling right now, so if you can't help, I totally understand. But if you could share anything, 5 10 even 20 bucks it would make a huge difference in my life right now. Uh, you can access the GoFundMe at... Uh, tinyurl.com backslash paul bailout that's tinyurl.com backslash paul bailout and that will be in the show notes as well once again any amount would be huge help I hope everyone listening is staying healthy living in far less precarious situation than I am now and I really hope the same can be said of all of your loved ones uh, thank you so much and uh, take care, all of you. So then we uh, move on into uh, the month of May and uh, you pretty much largely spend the month doing normal school stuff, um, you know, just going to class, uh, interacting with people, doing your social link stuff. Um, but the prim- primary plot threat is uh, the invest involves the investigation of a campus ghost story. Um, meanwhile, they uh, meet uh Shinjiro who's this angry delinquent type. Yeah. Some kind of uh, association with uh, Akihiko, but uh, we don't know what they uh, have, uh, what relation they have at this point. And yeah, uh, he just kind of seems like a real dick. <laughs> um, so then uh, on the day of the next full moon, uh, they put put the pieces together and uh, confront Fuka's homeroom teacher and a jerk girl who likely knows what happened. The jerk girl re- reveals uh, that herself and some other jerk girls locked a nerd girl called Fuka in the school gym omen- overnight for no good reason. However, she was gone the next morning and hasn't been seen since then. Over the next several days, the jerk girls started uh, getting lured out at night by a mysterious ghostly voice and then get att- attacked. And uh, the game's pr- pretty vague about what happened to them. And then they, they end up, up in the hospital. The, uh, hospital, yep. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, how, how, you know, what happens after they get attacked uh, is kind of vague. Uh, it's also found out that uh, Fuka's teacher has been covering this up, and uh, Maturo is having none of that because, you know, as we've already established, she is cool and powerful and takes no shit. Um, basically, uh, your team figures out that uh, since she was stuck in school overnight, Fuka is probably uh, stuck in Tartarus, and uh, that the shadows are somehow behind the ghost attacks. And so, uh, basically. In order to find Fuca, they uh, decide to wait in the gym when the dark hour comes, so they'll be taken to the same part of Tartarus. Um, this basically works. Unfortunately, a boss shadow of attacks and it seems to be too strong to beat. Um, this is also when the team uh, puts together that the full moon probably means that there's going to be a big shadow that they have to fight. But just when it seems like all hope is lost, the uh, lead jerk girl stumbles into Tartarus Having been led there by the uh, ghostly voices of the shadows, Fuku is overcome with the desire to protect her, and uh, her persona awakens, and uh, that enables her to sense the shadow's weakness, and you can take the shadow down. Yep, and that is pretty much what happens through uh, the end of uh, or uh, the end of May and the beginning of June. But meanwhile, we have a, a lot of uh, like uh, social links and whatnot that've yep. been going on. So do you want to go into that?
1: Yeah. So um probably the uh, flagship uh, feature of uh, Persona 3 through 5 is the uh, social link system. I know in Persona 5 it's called confidants, but same system. Um so basically um this gameplay mechanic uh each social link represents a single arcana and raising a particular social link uh, increases the experience points the protagonist uh, receives when they fuse uh, a persona of that arcana. Uh, so basically, you can establish a social link with certain characters, whether they're uh, party members or people that your protagonist encounters in their everyday life. Um, and once you complete the social link, that, uh, it also unlocks the ultimate persona of that arcana. Uh, However, social links can be reversed if players do not spend time with the respective people holding the link, uh, or if you book two holiday invitations on one day, or you give a a bad option, uh, a bad answer uh, during a a conversation. Um, So in terms of the spending time, I believe for, I know in the original FES, I believe it's Ninety. if you don't spend time with a male social link in within 90 days and with a female social link within 60 days and the female ones have another stipulation in which if you, um, if you spend time with one female social link and then you immediately spend time with another female social link, it cuts the amount of time you have to go back to the first one in half before it reverses. So that was a fun mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they they completely removed that thankfully and um, put P3P like the whole limit because it was just stupid.
0: Yeah, um,
1: <laughs>
0: and people and people complain about uh, Persona Five uh, Morgana making you go to bed.
1: Like
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how good they
0: have it nowadays.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> so. Uh, the reverse, if a social link's reversed, that effect continues until the protagonist reconciles with the uh, character. And it's usually like a, a scene, essentially, where you go through some uh, conversation prompts and you have to make sure you choose the right option. And then you're able to reconcile that social link and if it's fixed and now you can continue it as normal. However, if you mess up on that, um, you can break your social link uh which means that now the social link is just completely messed up and you can't fuse um persona from that arcana and i believe you can still repair a broken one but i know it takes a lot more effort and meanwhile it is depending on the arcana it severely uh, impacts you so you know don't uh break social links <laughs> um so let's see. So, uh, with the main male um, in uh, Persona Five, I mean, in Persona, you know, three uh, FES, and of course P three P, he has a mixture of uh, his. Actually, uh, mainly his social links are primarily outside his party uh, members. He does have a few, like he has uh, Mitsuru, he has Fuka, and he has Yukari. Um, and in FES you have Igas as well, um, but yeah, primarily all the social links are outside of the um, outside of the party, um, and you know it follows, of course, the uh, Arcana. So you have Fool, Magician, Priestess, uh, Empress, Emperor, Hierophant, Lovers, Chariot, Justice, Hermit, uh, Fortune, Strength, Hangman, Death, Temperance, Devil in a Tower, and Star moon sun judgment and then in the case of um i guess they add on a new one called aeon um yep, and... not a real not a real arcana no it's right. not <laughs> not at all <laughs> Um, and then you know uh, P3P. If you're playing as the female, um, you know main character, she has almost a completely different set of arcana. Uh, if you know, it follows through the same uh, arcana types, including the Aeon one for I, I guess. Um, but she also pretty much can bond with uh, every one of her party members. Including Koromaru, which is awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we haven't met Koromaru yet, but uh he yeah. is he, he is he's a good boy. He and is he's a dog. Just right. a <laughs> <laughs> regular dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me so it makes me wish, you know, being more of a uh, cat person than a dog person, even though I love Koromaru. Um uh <laughs> it makes me wish that um Morgana and uh, Persona Five is just like a real cat. Me yeah, too. <laughs> that would have been so much better.
1: I know. <laughs> so, uh, but um, let's see. Of course, uh, mixed in with your social links, most of them are social links that you uh, have to uh, pursue yourself and advance yourself. There's a few of them. Usually, the ones that that's uh, like a, I think, it's, yeah, about two of them. That are automatically um, advanced. And those are the ones that deal with your entire party. So that one is the, you know, you have Fool and then you have uh, Judgment. And those unlock. Oh, and actually the third one would be uh, Death, which is uh, Stripey Boy. <laughs> So and those, you know, activate during specific plot point, uh uh, you know, and then they complete on their own, so you don't have to worry about them. Um and basically what's cool is that once you get past a certain point in these characters uh um social links, I believe in they added this in portable, right? Where they uh you get like certain um bonuses or like characters are able to perform certain actions or whatnot. I think that yeah, was, I
2: think that is. Yeah, I, th-
0: I, I think th- that was added. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I believe yeah, the original FES didn't have that. Um but unlike Persona Four in which uh you have to um in which you have to advance uh the character social link yourself before their persona upgrades and Persona 3, you don't do that as the plot, you know, goes on, their Persona advance on their own. So, that's another major difference. Hmm. So, uh, it's a pretty cool system, though. I mean, just and just in besides the gameplay mechanics, actually getting kind of these stories for these characters is what's really interesting about uh, social links. You know, like, you get to really bond with these people, learn about their life stories, help them out, and then, you know, help them resolve like that major uh, part of their lives that the uh, social link revolves around. And actually a cool bonus is that, um, ah, wait, uh, I, I won't spoil it too much, but I'll just say that a certain character's fate is changed if you actually advance, uh, if you actually complete a social link for the female uh, main character. So that's another incentive mm. to finish that.
0: Yeah, so very cool. Right. I think it's worth noting, just, um, you know, just kind of putting putting aside, like, you know, now we've had three Persona games with this mechanic and a million uh, lesser JRPGs that have stolen uh, this mechanic to uh, varying degrees. Yeah. Just how, like, incredibly innovative this was. Like, this was just really kind of like a world-changing mechanic, in the genre, uh, when it came came about, and it, you know, definitely takes some, you know, uh, takes some t- uh, some tips from like, you know, dating simulators and uh, uh, visual novels, you know, and those kind of mechanics. But as far as like actually turning these kind of this kind of like relationship building into something that has like, you know, real like mechanical. Um, meaning within the battle system um, as well, you know, I think was just a huge, huge innovation. It was. And uh, you can really see in the effect you know, that this series has had on the entire genre. Like, you know, this was really, really just groundbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's such, it, it honestly is a very compelling, uh, feature, it really is. You know, just the fact that you know, as is mentioned, that you are balancing the um, the the bonding with characters and learning more about them, but then you also have that really cool gameplay uh, tie in as well. So it gives you uh, it gives you those sort of um uh, motivations to actually complete these social links. You know, it gives you these like nice bonuses that reflect. So it, it conveys really well that you know, bonding with others uh actually gives your main character their power. You know, it's not just something that's mm-hmm. stated where you have like the power of friendship. It's explicitly <laughs> shown and it's interwoven in the gameplay and the narrative that these bonds do actually empower your main character.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think like, you know, a lesser game a lesser game that might have tried this would have like treated this and a lot of games still do, treat this sort of thing as, you know, as far as, like, relationship building goes, like, as a side quest.
1: Yeah. But
0: to making this so, like, integral to the mechanics of the game, like, it's like you're getting, like, doubly rewarded because, like, you're wanting to build these relationships and learn more about the character, but you're also getting, like, mechanical rewards, like, within the battle system as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really just kind of, you know, none of this ever feels like, uh, like busy work. Like exactly. it's in fact yeah. just like what, like really like engages you and draws you into the story.
2: Yeah. If anything, the dungeon feels like the busy work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Totally.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Are there any uh, particular, uh, characters you're really focusing on at this point with your social links? Hmm.
1: Um, as for me, I'm I'm one of those completionists, so I always uh, try to uh, you know get every single character maxed out, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I find I like the challenge a lot. And also, I just I, I never get sick of revisiting their their plot lines. Um, in terms of favorites, though, let me see. I think some of my favorites include Hera which would be the old couple social yeah, link. Like nice. they yeah. are, they're, yeah, they're just really good yeah they they're just they're just so good, and it's just i i I really love their link that's one that I always you know make sure I finish no matter what um I actually enjoyed strength a lot with uh Yuko, the uh, team manager she's like just surprisingly fun and
0: mm-hmm. yeah I liked her a lot like a lot too,
1: yeah me because too. she's just
0: so yeah she is she's like really strong and really like encouraging and yeah. Um, really really interesting character especially once you kind of like find out more about her backstory
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah I'm just looking at it. there's so many good ones like I really I also like um I also like Mamoru who is the rival athlete socially for the star kind of he has such an interesting story and then it like ends so bittersweet and I'm just like still not over it <laughs> <sighs> And um and there's another interesting one with uh the devil um a uh, 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 kind of businessman social link with uh, Tanaka that was just such an a weird interesting link like yeah <laughs> I always like the
2: the the kind of the more negative social links in these games to see how they spin them me too yeah yeah because
1: yeah. Like, yeah this guy's just <laughs> such a jerk. but also. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Also, by the end of it, though he like, oh, all right, you know, you're, you are a jerk, but I guess you're also my friend.
1: I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I really just i'm I'm looking at these. I. Honestly, there's really not one social link that I actively dislike in this game. I actually like all of them. I can like, you know, there's some I like more, a little more than others, but I really do like every single social link in both FES and then also um, with the female main characters. Hers are really good too. Uh, Ju in particular, I think I was, I was touching on this earlier, but. His is very interesting because this is where I say he has a sort of um interesting contradiction. Because one of the main things is that unlike with the main male character, which Junpei is very hostile towards, uh, because he sees him as like this rival in terms of like, oh, like why are you picked as the leader over me? And that causes a lot of friction. Uh, because your ca- when you pick the female character He's uh, more upset because he feels like as the male, he's more owed to being a leader. So he feels more slighted that um, the the female was picked over him. And some right. of that stuff does bleed into, you know, how he interacts with you. Also, it was hilarious when Mitsuru, like, just completely told him off. And
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mitsuru is such a, such a badass. I love that she's just like... it doesn't take any crap from anyone
1: i love it and so what's interesting is that meanwhile in his social link he's actually very uh protective of your character because there's this whole arc early on where uh it turns out like the volleyball club um or whatever club that your character was in like the sports club um some guys had taken like pictures of the girls and were like passing them around and selling them. And Junpei finds out and he absolutely flips out. Like he's, he's genuinely so angry, like to the point where he tracks down the people responsible and he gets the photos, rips them up. And he's just like, and it was just so interesting. And you could kind of see like, despite his, you know, shortcomings, he does have a good heart, which is what makes his character surprisingly complex. And it's, it's just very interesting to kind of see that at play.
0: Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's really cool to see those kind of things and those kind of sub- sub- subversions, um, which is, you know, not to get it on a, on a rant, but, like, you know, it's rad one to see the Persona games when they, like, kind of, like, subvert, like, it's, like, gender and, you know, uh gender and gender identity stuff Mm -hmm. and then um such a letdown when they uh when they totally uh failed to do that and and uh fuck it up like they do in later games yeah Um, you know because it's like you could do it it's so obvious like you have the potential to do some really interesting things here um you know and like really like progressive things you know and anyway Mm um (laughs) (laughs) i know I know. <laughs> you know who I wanted to say as far as like one of one of the my least favorites, um and I don't think we have met him in this uh, part of the game is um I'm thinking uh I'm thinking uh I think it's uh, Ke- uh Keske, who's oh. uh the uh the ultra-perv.
2: Yes, <laughs> oh right him
0: yeah and he's like just oh yeah he's basically his entire character is just perving on the women characters and you know being just kind of a lovable cad but it's okay (laughs) because he's like I don't know he's like the uh, (laughs) he's like the alpha or the original like you know nerdy nice guy or whatever that
1: (laughs) yeah exactly it's like
0: it's like Oh, this guy, you know, he's he's just kind of like a nerd and whatever and but he's actually just like it's really kind of annoying perv. <laughs> anyway,
1: yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Yeah. I don't know, anyone else uh, jump out to you, Alex?
1: Um I um oh, what's his
2: name? The uh the gourmet king guy. I, I
0: Yeah, yeah. I
2: yeah, I like him. Um cuz he's I I've never like been able to put my finger on <laughs> what his deal is. He's such, a, <laughs> such a weirdo he
1: is
2: <laughs> but I, I like it I like it Like because I, I at the end of his social like I don't feel like like I've solved him it's like oh, you strange little man what are you <laughs> and I really appreciate that even though he's not terribly pleasant but
1: yeah I know what you mean he is very interesting yeah he likes his food
2: and I mean, it's like, that's the thing. Like it's, he seems like a ha uh, fatty likes his food character, but that's not, there's, there's more going on there.
0: And I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Me too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's re- Yeah. I wish that, uh, yeah, I, I actually haven't followed his social link in the past I, but...
2: because he does not give you a lot of incentive to it. It's just like, Oh, screw this guy.
1: <laughs>
2: <Right>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: when you do, it's just like, Oh, okay. You are an interesting person, my friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always really cool when they add, you know, and sort of those more obscure social links turn into, uh, like, really interesting and cool, cool characters.
2: Oh, and the other one I like is the um, the one on the MMO.
0: Um, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I can't think of can't think of her name but yeah that was that was one of my that's one of my favorites yeah
2: that's just um because it's so different from the all of the other ones it's an entirely online relationship um that's you know just necessitates being told entirely just in text and um now spoilers i'll just say it turns out to be your homeroom teacher i know Um, (laughs) uh, which ha, ha ha uh the old um persona thing of dating your teacher that they return to in five although this is so much better than how they do that in five jesus yeah, it is, okay, at yeah. Least oh it so much better like she, oh
1: because she, she didn't know at least like she really yeah. hadn't, and then she freaked out when she found yeah. out
2: and then when she found out she was like oh god no and
1: it's,
2: <laughs> um so you, yeah. you you know you get to have a pleasant and you know kind of relatively deep and pleasantly chaste relationship with your teacher as an equal in a way that doesn't feel weird and creepy which
1: yes exactly um,
2: which I think the game handles really well
1: it
0: does yeah it it does handle that really well and I think that also um, you know I was not playing MMOs in 2006 but I think that that it just feels like really kind of like true to life in certain ways like like it really kind of captures like those kind of like online reaction or interactions at that time in history, uh, really, really well. Um, I don't know. I found it really convincing. Yeah, and uh, it was it was neat for something that just seemed like this kind of like you know oh this random thing like I can play like a random like virtual MMO in this game to actually turn into something into a social interaction that I really cared about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes, definitely. as opposed to
0: it just being some kind of like novelty, you know. Yeah,
1: very yeah.
2: true. Yeah, it's um, it was uh, it was really innovative in a way that I think is very surprising, especially considering that this was you know the first the, the first Persona game that did the social link thing. Like this is a pretty daring idea, um, to have an entirely online relationship there. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. I don't did we see anything quite like that in the later Persona games? I don't feel like we did. Not really. There's that that the, break the pattern and
0: like quite that way. There's well, I, the closest thing I can think of is there's that uh, text adventure influenced uh, dungeon and in persona four.
2: Okay, yeah. But
0: that's not really like social link related. Yeah,
2: that was cool though. But I'm that sure was really was. cool. <laughs> we'll get to that. But, uh, we'll get to that when we. <laughs> <laughs> In twenty thirty, <2030.
0: laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think uh, I think we're probably going to wrap it up with uh, with this at the end of uh, you know, uh, or at least uh, partially through June. But um, I don't know. Are there any like uh, final thoughts that you guys have that you would uh, like to? make at this point in the game mm.
1: yeah,
2: not so much here i mean i think when we get to the end of the game i'll have a lot of stuff to say yeah
1: um, agreed.
2: like yeah this was the game that really kind of got me into the smt series i had played um yeah some roms of the japanese like snes ones but this was the one that like you know i first really got into And I still love this game, despite the fact that in a lot of ways it hasn't aged beautifully. Mm -hmm. What I I still, yeah, it's a a game I have a lot of affection for. And I think in its storytelling is very, very, very strong.
0: Yeah. I think, I think in certain ways um, it's storytelling, like, um, like I really love persona four too, but like, I think in certain ways um, it's storytelling hasn't been beaten since in the series. And I think that, um, it is so effective at setting, uh, like an atmosphere and a mood, um, that is really, really dark, but is really evocative. And, um, like it just kind of like grabbed me right from the outset. I think this is the third SMT game I played. The first was persona four. And then I played SMT four, um, And I, I started this one up and I was like, well, you know, maybe because it's an earlier game it'll be a little clunkier mechanically. Um, but yeah, just that intro just like had me like so enveloped in its world as far as like, you know, and it just kind of like hits this part of my brain that really loves like, you know, things that are like, you know, like David Lynch and, uh, like, uh, you know, kind of like J-horror and things like, and just also very much like, um, you know, the sense of kind of like melancholy and isolation, you know, it's like all of those things just are really apparent within the first few hours of the game.
1: Yeah, And,
0: you know, it was like, yeah, this, this is my shit right here. Yeah. I mean, like
2: yeah. Persona 4 is like, it's a great game, but it's a much lighter game than this one is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Uh, you know, it certainly has dark things about it, but this is a dark game with maybe some moments of levity. And even those are very much in that dark context. And I think that that consistency of tone really can't be overstated and how valuable that
0: is.
1: Absolutely.
0: Cool. Well, should we, should we wrap it up here? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Um, we will be at, be back soon to do the uh, next uh, three months of uh, Persona uh, Persona Three. Um, let's see what are the uh, what are the uh, obligatory plugs. Well, you can uh, like and follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. You can email us at megatennmarathon at gmail um, You can also uh, you know contribute to. Uh, Patreon, uh, for this and, uh, the other podcast that Lisa and I host, uh, Combo Chain, which is, uh, Patreon, uh, Mirror Image Studios on Patreon, uh, which, uh, we are not, you know, none of us are <laughs> making <laughs> a ton of money from, but, um, we do, uh, you know, spend, uh, a little bit of a little bit of uh, money every month, uh, on hosting and using the, uh, podcasting software that helps us, uh, record remotely. And so, yeah, it would be really great to be able to kind of just break even on that stuff. And, you know, any, any little bit of, uh, money, uh, you know, a buck even can help a ton. And, uh, also, yeah, I just wanted to thank people, you know, all the people who've been, uh, sending us messages on uh, Facebook and Twitter and over email. Um, it just really, really kind, kind, and you know, thoughtful messages. And you know, people just it's so neat being somebody who listens to podcasts, you know, to sort of like you know, kind of deal with like you know, social isolation or of my own, or also to you know, kind of just like buy the time away to really kind of like hear that other people are listening to our podcast and like you know. Talking about like how oh, I've got this ten-hour job uh, that I do that you know I you know we're ten-hour shifts and I you know really uh, love just listening to the entire like story of an SMT game that I may not get around to playing and you know thanks for doing it and so like those things really mean a lot yeah. to us and thanks so much yeah, for thanks. sending those messages. Um, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, really. That really makes it worth it um oh and the other thing of course is the obligatory rate and review us on uh, apple podcasts and other places you can rate and, re- rate and review nowadays uh but yeah and thanks for sticking with us um i know that we take long breaks sometimes but that's just kind of the nature of the beast uh especially with games that are, that are this long and detailed uh, but yeah, well, you guys uh, got anything you want to plug or say?
1: Mm, let's see. Um, as for me, you know, once again, I'll plug my uh, I'll plug my Twitter, which is my handle is uh, at ajames three four seven. You know, name is Lisa James. You know, you could uh, feel free to send you know, hit me up, send me a message, and we could chat. I like to talk about nerdy stuff, so um. Also, you know, in the meantime, always feel free because I write up at DualShockers.com. So, you can check out all of my uh, articles. Uh, recently, I um, put up uh, both a preview of Persona 5 Royale, which we talked about earlier, and as well as I had a sit, you know interview with the head of uh, Atlas West PR. Um, she's she's a, a lovely, lovely person. And that was a very fun interview. Um, also, uh, coming up, you know, I have a review, uh, coming out for, uh, uh, you know, another game. We were talking about this on, um, Combo Chain, and I have a review coming out soon for that game, um, and... I also have a surprise preview that's coming up as well. I'm not gonna actually. I kind of already said it on, on, on Twitter anyway, but I got to sit down with uh, Final Fantasy VII um, remake. <laughs> <laughs> so that's and, cool. That's yeah, very cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So uh, I'll have that. That'll be coming out soon as well. I'll have a preview for that out. So you know. Um, Look forward to that stuff. You know, check out the site in general. It has good content. So that's my uh, drop.
2: Oh. oh, yes. And uh, you can follow me on uh, the Twitter. Uh, my handle is uh, Tarmagantic. Tarmagantic. I don't know how to say it. I uh, like tarmagin, the bird starts with a P. P-T-G-A-R-M. Wait, let me spell this right. P-T-A-R-M-I-G-A-N. Wait
1: wait hold on it's okay we got you no problem
2: (laughs) okay so it's p-t-a-r-m-i-g-a-n-t-i-c thank you (laughs) there
1: we go you got this
2: Uh, uh, i'm so glad i changed my hard to spell twitter name into an impossible to spell twitter name
1: (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah uh, did you go a uh, uh an uh seo consultant for that or uh, <laughs> i don't even know what i don't know how i landed there but that and is that's good <laughs> that that is good um <laughs> i uh, yeah you can actually uh follow me on twitter at paul m davis which um you know i've had the same twitter for handle for like 10 years, which I'm probably never going to cha- change it. Um, I almost never post on there, but I do check it. So if people want to send me messages in particular, uh, that uh, you can do that. Oh yeah. Oh, and you can also listen to a uh, 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 combo chain, which is a podcast. It's kind of just a general JRPG podcast. Um, and uh, every, uh, couple times every month, uh, Elisa and I are doing episodes with, like, the latest news and uh, kind of first impressions from new games that are coming out. Um, And then we also do episodes that are just kind of like deep dives into um, uh, just kind of like classic JRPGs, old and new. So we've done, uh, let's see, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening... um, uh, Dragon Quest Eight, Alisa, you, you and I did that one, right? Um...
1: I, I, yes, we did.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll be, uh, pretty soon, um, friend of the show, Fletch, will be doing one on, uh, Hyper uh, Dimension Neptunia Seven with me. So, uh, <laughs> that should be interesting <laughs> and fun. <laughs> because, <laughs> as I said on the, uh, recent episode of Combo Chain, uh, I basically messaged Fletch about a year ago and was like, uh, Fletch, explain what the deal is with this Hyperdimension Neptunia series to me, because I know you like these games and they look like the dumbest thing in the world for- <laughs> to me. <laughs> and I sort of, pl- he, uh, you know, he sent me a code to play this one and uh, it's actually pre- it's pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, anybody else, anybody got anything else to say or should we uh, call it a show? No, I don't think so. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, we will be back soon with more Persona 3.
1: Yeah. All right. Take care, everyone.
2: Bye-bye.